From KALW in San Francisco, this is Bread and Circus. Support for this public radio podcast comes from Lindblad Expeditions, exploring nature's wild, unspoiled places aboard its ships in partnership with National Geographic. Details at 1-800-EXPEDITION. Do you ever get the impression media outlets don't take life very seriously? You've probably heard the saying, gotta kiss a few frogs before you find your prince, right? Ladies, you're wearing the wrong bra. Because thousands of cucumbers slid all over the highway. Were there any stars in danger? So you want to get a beer without ever getting off the couch, my friends? We're talking about Twinkies. We're here to take you beyond that bread and circus and serve up news that matters. I'm Ben Trefney. Just over a half century ago, a father in Topeka, Kansas, took his little girl to school. They had to walk six blocks to catch a bus that would take her to a school a mile away. There was another school much closer to their home, but little Linda Brown couldn't go there. See, she was black, and the school was for white kids. Well, her dad, Oliver Brown, didn't hold for that, and he knew other families didn't hold for it either. So they went to court to try to change the rules. In the end, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a unanimous decision that education in the United States had to be offered equally to all children. To many African Americans, the court's decision in Brown versus the Board of Education meant that their children would finally get equal treatment in school, preparing them for a successful future. But today, many people believe that's just not happening, and an increasing number of African Americans are disillusioned with failing unsafe schools and high dropout rates. They're taking their kids out of the public schools to join some two million American children who are being taught at home. Reporter Nancy Mullane has the story of one mother who's decided to homeschool her sixth-grade son. Just across the railroad tracks west of downtown Oakland and down a narrow residential street lined with locked gates and broken-down cars, Sarita Taylor and her son Andre's house stands out. It's bright purple, but it's not just the outside that's different. It's also one of the first homeschools in this predominantly African-American neighborhood. We've never done this before, so I just wanted to make sure that it starts off right and he's excited and happy. Every morning at 8 o'clock, Taylor walks into her son's room. It doubles as a classroom, and it's set up for both home and school. Looking over at his turtle gurgling in his nearby fish tank, Andre says he likes his new learning environment. My desk is brown. I've got a computer a sound system, and I got my alarm clock, and it's got two bookshelves. I got the chalkboard at the learning center, and I have some chalk and some erasers and a bunch of other little things that I'm just going to try to do my best to try to make it still feel like home, but try to keep it as structured as possible so that I feel like it would be conducive to learning. For mother and son, structure means a class schedule, outlining the material they cover each day, such as math, world studies, language arts, and science. Taylor has several textbooks she picked up over the summer while she was researching teaching techniques. We're taking that one back. We have to get our science. We you said, we're gonna, we said we're going to keep that one. But then you don't really need to know that right now. There's a school dress code and, of course, school rules. The first unexcused tardy will result in detention. The second will result in 200 lines of, I will come to each class prepared and ready to learn. What I don't want is for us to lose any ground that he already has, and then the approach is just like this totally nonchalant, okay, I don't really have to learn because my mom is teaching me, because it's so not that. One recent school day, Andre and his mom moved their home school to the kitchen table for their weekly art class. 
a set of watercolors between them, they're painting a still life of a rose in a bottle. 11-year-old Andre says this is a completely different learning environment from what he's used to. He says he liked attending the local public school until the second grade. But then after that, it kind of got bad, and it got bad as the years went, went on. It was, it was the worst last year. I'm so glad I never have to go back. Taylor says last year, when Andre was in the fifth grade, there were just too many distractions. Well, you could walk into that classroom at any time, and the kids would be doing whatever they wanted to be doing, and she would just be yelling and screaming. Our teacher would be like, well, the black hole, and then somebody would just be like, ah! They just yell out for no reason, and then the thing just went beep, and this is your principal calling again. Then it'd be time to go home. By the end of the year, Andre's standardized test scores had dropped, and Taylor says that wasn't all. He was jumped. You know, fortunately, he wasn't hurt, but it could have been very, very ugly. There was no one there. No one wanted to take any accountability for anything. They sent him home to me, and they didn't even tell me what what happened. While Sarita Taylor says her son's safety was a key reason why she decided to homeschool this year, Another serious concern was the local school district's high dropout rate. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, 40% of Oakland's ninth graders never graduate from high school. Statistically, black boys, male children, this is where they fall off. Actually, around fourth grade, a lot of the children in this classroom, the boys, they couldn't read. And by the time you get to high school, no one's going to care anymore. They're just going to write you off, and that's not what I want for him. So in a desperate move to save her son and his education, Taylor took her only child out of Oakland's public school system. Monica Vaughn, coordinator of Oakland Unified School District's Office of Alternative Education, says that wasn't necessary. She says the district offers a wide range of programs for parents and students who feel general education doesn't meet their needs, such as independent studies for high school students. There are also other options. There are charter school options that parents can access if they're a resident of Oakland. And it would be worth looking around and finding a program that was a good match. But according to recent fiscal reports, Oakland Unified has not been doing everything it can to meet the needs of its low-income students. At the end of the last school year, the district reported more than $10 million was left unspent in a fund that was supposed to be used to support low-income and underperforming schools. Districts like Oakland and parents like Taylor aren't that unusual. According to the National Home Educators Research Institute, African-American families all across the country are giving up on public school districts. Since 2003, the Institute estimates there's been an increase of 40,000 African-American homeschooled students nationwide, bringing the total to about 140,000. Oakland School District's Monica Vaughn says if parents want to take their children out of the public school system, that's their choice. But, she says, it's important they go through the proper channels. If they want to homeschool their child, there's um, a there's a way to do that which is legitimate by enrolling the student in a homeschool program as opposed to just keeping the child home and schooling the child, then technically that child is not in school. Sarita Taylor has not enrolled Andre in an accredited homeschool program. Vaughn says that means if he ever wants to come back to the public schools, it could be difficult 
but Taylor says she doesn't care. It's not their business anymore. It's not their concern. And the way I see it, they weren't really that concerned when he was in their system. Why should they be concerned now? For Taylor, an overnight job as a magazine editor means she can take a quick nap when she gets home in the morning and then teach her son. That means she's sacrificing a lot of sleep as well as some of her social life. For a lot of parents, that's too much to ask, even if they lose faith in the public school system. To me, it comes down to resources. Preston Thomas is vice principal at Life Sciences Academy, a small public high school in West Oakland offering special classes in health and science. I don't know of very many people that um, come from a poor socioeconomic background that have made the choice to... Um, homeschool their child. I mean, people that have resources, I think, can offer a really rich learning environment for their child. Um, If you don't have access to the resources, then it becomes a question of how do you get access to those. And that's a problem for many parents of school-age kids in Oakland, where the median household income is a little over $40,000 a year. But 30 miles down the freeway in suburban Pleasanton, the median household income tops 100000 a year. Homeschooler Jacob German lives there, and he doesn't have to worry about learning resources. We got a Spanish thing for the computer so I could practice my Spanish. And it's pretty cool. For the past year, eight-year-old Jacob and his stay-at-home mom, Osi, have been homeschooling as part of an accredited program in the local unified school district. I have soccer lessons, guitar lessons, which is my guitar right there. Oh, and we do science, and we used to do art, but my art teacher moved. Sitting on the carpet in the middle of the family room, Jacob often takes his education into his own hands. Without being asked or told to, he pulls a magnetic erector set down from a shelf full of learning materials and begins to build a model. His mother watches. This is their second academic year as a homeschooling family. As the Bay Area representative for the California Homeschooling Network, O.C. German says the decision of whether or not to homeschool a child shouldn't come down to money. The common goal is not that people pull their children out of school due to financial reasons one way or another. I think the reality is that people pull their children out of school to better educate them because they feel that they have more control, more power to offer the kids a better one-on-one education. That's exactly the kind of control Sarita Taylor says she wants over her son's education and future. My goal is to have a, a strong black man who knows his, his place in his world, that he'll be able to provide for his family, that he'll have the ability to understand the things that are going on in this world. Since the year 2000, several organizations devoted to the growing African-American homeschooling population have formed. Many are affiliated with a religion. Sarita Taylor says she couldn't find any that suited her situation in the Bay Area, so last month she started her own secular homeschooling support group. She's calling it the Obsidian Freethinkers Academy. And this Halloween, she's throwing a party so Andre can have a sixth-grade dance. For KLW News, I'm Nancy Mullane in Oakland. You can hear all of our stories on the web at KALW.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben Trefney. Support for this public radio podcast comes from Vanguard, offering investments designed to help individuals and institutions reach their long-term financial goals. 1-888-VANGUARD.